0: Hello and welcome to Impact Adventures, a podcast where I explore the world of sustainability, equity, and inclusion through the lens of one of the key tools that will enable that type of change, which is finance and business. I am your host, Steve Lynn. I was cruising the interwebs a few weeks ago, and I came across an article that wrote about a new survey conducted by Deloitte about C-suite executives and their thoughts on climate change. It was incredibly fascinating because while I thought it would paint a somewhat bleak picture... Maybe that many of the execs don't know that it's true, or if so, that making the kind of changes uh, that are necessary would be bad for business. However, it was actually quite the opposite, and it was a very welcome read. Spoiler alert, just within the course of 2021, C-suite execs have had a rapid increase in understanding of climate change and ambition to do something about it. Tiger Woods fist pump. So I wanted to break down not just the numbers of the survey, because you can all just Google that or look at the show notes and read it, but I wanted to look behind the numbers and see why this happened and what does it mean going forward. To that end, I have with me from Deloitte, Jennifer Steinman, who is the Global Climate and Sustainability Marketplace Leader. Jennifer, welcome. It's so nice to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thanks, Steve. appreciate being here.
0: Absolutely. So before we get into Delawite's survey, uh, I wanted to get to know you a little bit and have our listeners get to know you a little bit. Can you just give a, a brief kind of background how you got to where you are and what you do in your current role now?
1: Sure, appreciate the question. I've been with Deloitte since 1995, which is a heck of a long time. And I've had many roles over that time, uh, starting in our consulting business and, uh, then focused on financial services and over time did work associated with people. And so had the opportunity to run HR for our us member firm at Deloitte then ran transformation for our us business. I was responsible for one of our software businesses as well, and most recently have taken on the role of marketplace leader for our global business around climate and sustainability and consider myself to be very lucky to be in this role, in particular at this time when it's so important to be working on the kinds of issues associated with climate and sustainability. And so it's really a passion role for me.
0: Now, how did you come into that role? Because your background isn't necessarily one in—in in, at least on paper, it's not one in climate change. It's not, you know, sustainability. How did this role come about?
1: The role really came about because of the background that I have in transforming things. And so, as we decided, and our global CEO uh, Puneet Rengen, asked me to take a look at this, it was really with the understanding that I would bring something different to a very different time that we're in and the scaling of the needs of our clients around climate and sustainability. And so working with our climate experts and then uh, really getting myself educated over this time, the last six months or so since I started in this role, um, what I bring to it is just the ability to, to help shape and to help think about the types of services that our clients really need and help them in their journeys and transformation.
0: That's excellent. It's so often referred to as this great transition that our economy will need to make. So to have someone in your role who's an expert at transformation makes perfect, perfect sense. So let's uh, jump over to the survey a little bit. Can you let's just start and tell us a little bit about what the survey is, who was questioned and why Deloitte does this survey?
1: Absolutely. So we're talking about Deloitte's 2022 CXO Sustainability Report. It is a survey of approximately 2000 CXOs over 21 countries and we have found in this survey that um, really our survey ease find both concern and optimism about climate change and that's increased significantly over the last several months and so we can talk more about that Steve but uh, we are looking to get moment in time snapshots through surveys like this to really understand where business leaders are in their journeys and then ultimately how we can help support them. And so that's really the reason we conduct this survey. And we had a similar one approximately eight months ago, and we're absolutely seeing some attitude changes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just um, for a clarification, when you say CXO, that refers to basically anyone in some, side of, some type of C-suite level role, correct? Exactly. Um, yeah. So let's dive into the numbers a little bit or some of the the uh, more specific high-level takeaways. What stood out to you the most from from the results of this, especially compared to the one eight months prior?
1: As I mentioned, it's about 2,000 C-suite executives in 21 countries. And 79% of the survey respondents see the world a climate change tipping point. And what's remarkable about that is that it's up 20 percentage points from a Deloitte survey conducted eight months ago, which really underscores the growing importance of acting swiftly. And what's more, about 88% of the CXOs are optimistic that with immediate change, the world can limit the worst impact to the planet. And that's similarly higher than the 63% just eight months ago. So there's a surge in concern, which was interesting to note, and also a surge in optimism, which demonstrates that leaders are increasingly cognizant of the need to act now. And then another interesting point about the survey is that virtually all respondents, so 97%, say that their companies have been affected by climate change and that they're feeling pressure from all of their stakeholders to act. So whether it's brush fires in Australia or fires across the West Coast in the United States, flooding in Europe and Asia or extreme drought in Africa, the resilience of our companies and their supply chains are being put to the test. And the other thing that was interesting, Steve, is that 80% of the executives say that they've been personally impacted by climate change. So you know things like extreme heat or severe storms, so personally impacted in in the past year. And so it starts to demonstrate that this is more than a business imperative. We're actually witnessing in real time the effects of climate change and what that has on our society. The way I interpret that is that climate change is no longer a distance threat. The climate crisis has arrived and executives are starting to see that. And so those are some very interesting points from the survey. The other thing I would point out is that there's a gap between ambitious sustainability targets that business leaders are setting, and then the concrete steps and actions needed to dramatically reduce things such as carbon emissions to meet the goals set by the Paris Agreement. So companies are acting. Uh, We see that two thirds of the CxOs surveyed said that their organizations are using more sustainable materials and increasing efficiency of energy use. However, what we're finding is that they're less likely to implement some of the needle moving actions, especially when taken together that demonstrate a deeper understanding of business benefits of sustainability. I think the other thing the survey starts to show is that not all businesses are at the same stage in their climate journeys, but all companies will soon need to move their commitments to action with a customized approach. And we can talk a little bit more about that if you're interested.
0: Absolutely. I mean, there's so much to unpack in there, right? Let's let's kind of start at the top there with the feelings and the ideas that these leaders have. I guess for me, it's it's very encouraging to hear the percentage of execs who say we're at a tipping point who have come to understand the reality that that we do have to act, right, and that that the time to act is now. It's not some nebulous time in the future, which is kind of how climate change has been presented for twenty, thirty years, right? Oh, it's it will come one day. We we should think about it some, you know. It's and now it's all the. It feels like all of a sudden in the last year, it's here. We have to act now. We've got a decade. We've got not even. We've got till twenty twenty. Uh, we've got till twenty thirty, right? So that that's great. I mean, you mentioned a little bit with with. The fact that they've been personally impacted they've seen their business impact be impacted is there anything else do you think that's caused that massive increase as far as the number of people who think we need to act now i mean a 20 percent increase over a couple of months is a is a big shift
1: absolutely and steve we didn't specifically ask respondents this question so why your opinion is is changing mm-hmm. but I think there are likely a number of factors contributing to the uptick in concern. So in early 2021, when we did the initial survey, the world was really focused on COVID-19 and vaccination rollouts. And uh, uh, while unfortunately COVID is still a a top topic eight months later, Mm -hmm. we're also seeing a huge barrage of media coverage climate reports, climate-related disasters, and we polled the CXOs right after the IPCC, uh, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate, uh, released its Code Red for Humanity climate Mm -hmm. report, Mm -hmm. and then the polling also happened right before COP26, which, as you know, is the Conference of Parties Um, with 197 nations focused on environmental PACs. And so I think that absolutely has had an influence on how CXOs are thinking. And the other thing that was interesting about the survey results is when something like this hits you personally, and we have 80% of the CXOs surveyed stating that this hit them personally, that starts to change your lens on things. Yeah. So it's absolutely clear that it's weighing heavily on the minds of business leaders and their various stakeholders.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a gal named Amy uh, O'Brien on the podcast a a few weeks ago uh, with Nuveen and they had done a survey with investors. And, And I think the stat that jumped out the most from that survey to me was, was tied right into this, where it said that because of, climate disasters in the last year, 66% of their respondents had made an actual change in their life to try and address that. So that could be a small thing like, hey, turn off the light bulbs more often or change the LEDs or whatever. Or or it, it, what we were talking about more in that episode was they're actually changing their investments, right? They're they're looking more at ESG and other sustainable investments. But it's that same thing where when you see something happen personally, it, it just makes it all ring true. It's It's not... Just a story on the news anymore. It's like, okay, this is real. Are you seeing this in your day-to-day interactions with with Deloitte clients and and member firms?
1: So you know that that stat that you just shared is really quite remarkable, and and absolutely, we're definitely seeing a significant increase in requests for support. The formation of our escalated business around this uh, really is in response in part to that increased demand. Uh, So we're working with organizations along the continuum and wherever they are in their journey um, to help think through how do we uh, work with them towards a more sustainable future. So we're working with clients on things like measuring impacts on engaging in scenario planning and stress testing And also, as you would imagine, helping them report on sustainable and
0: sustainably
1: mm -hmm. related milestones and thinking about how to embed sustainability into decision making and operations, which is increasingly important uh, to do so that the transformation sort of permeates the organization.
0: Do you think, and and this is just sort of from your perspective, do you think that firms are looking more at how they make themselves more resilient to climate change or what actions they can take to mitigate it, or is it maybe sort of 50-50?
1: You're absolutely right in sort of surmising it's more than one thing. Resilience is is incredibly important. I also think of words like relevance, uh, and then how do you think about growing your business with the backdrop of sustainable goals? And absolutely also thinking about mitigation. It's really a, a journey that any given client is on, just thinking about end-to-end, where is their business, what targets and goals have they set, both publicly and internally, around how they want to act. And then, you know, how do they go from that declaration uh, to the actuality mm-hmm. and also the sort of the believability around the results that they're sharing?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Do you think that for these leaders, and again, this might just be through the interactions that you've had, do you think that this is becoming a fundamental shift in sort of the base level mindset of business leaders today where we want to grow our business? We want to ensure that we're a profitable business. uh, We want to take care of our employees, etc. But do you think that that addressing climate change is, is beginning to become just a base level day-to-day thought process? Or is this maybe still in that phase of uh, we're reacting to events of the last six months? I
1: think, Steve, that it's probably a, a mixture. So I think we're on the verge of a fundamental shift in the way executives think and process decisions. The data that we have shows that not all businesses are at the same stage in yeah. their climate journey. And, you know, all companies are going to need to think about the the why, the how, the how fast when it comes to climate action. And my sense is that organizations that are doing this best are the ones that have successfully embedded those considerations into multiple, if not all parts of their business. And when we come back to the, the survey that we just finalized, our report found that only about 19% of the executives surveyed said that their organizations are implementing four or five of what we've classified as needle moving actions that we believe indicate broader and deeper climate leadership. So to round out the thought, it's it's a journey and not all organizations are at the same place in their journey.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What are some of the obstacles that leaders and companies are coming up against when they're trying to implement these or or even think about ways to implement these?
1: In terms of obstacles, there is the, the declaration of intention. So what are our stated objectives? And then there's the execution part. And the execution part is, is complicated, as you can imagine, because in order to make some of the changes that are necessary to reach stated objectives, you have to go deep into the organization's processes and sometimes past their own internal processes uh, in order to really implement the changes that we're talking about. And so we, when, we, when we asked the question, nearly 50% of the CXOs cited the operational impacts of climate related disasters and business disruption from regulatory or political uncertainty was an issue. And then there's the question around, where do you start first? What's going to have the greatest impact? And I would say, Steve, that, that we really are on a journey because that internalization that we actually have pressure to achieve what has been stated publicly as uh, an intention all the way through potential Regulations that will have you not only uh, share the reporting, but also ensure that the reporting is accurate is one of the, the hurdles that every company is going to face. And then there's also the challenge associated well, what should we do? What is going to have the most impact? And I think a lot of organizations. Um, really have strong intentions, but, you know, many, many organizations don't really know where to start just yet. And we'll get there over time. And i relatively optimistic about getting there over time. But when we talk about some of the, the barriers, it's really associated with how do I stick the landing on my declarations? And I think we have to start with you know, some of the more needle moving actions uh, that organizations can take and sort of shine a light on those in order to help them overcome some of the hurdles we've just discussed.
0: Um, I love that phrase, you know, how do we actually stick the landing? I think that's, I think that's great. It, it, uh, I imagine there's a lot of cost benefit analysis and for any business out there that's trying to, you know, maximize profit, a lot of these mitigation strategies are going to cost money and there's not going to be an immediate benefit, right? So it feels like this is just sinking money into something that we're not going to see so i can i can understand where there's a, there's a long thought process to make sure that that money's being well spent that that things are changing that should be changed not just willy-nilly i want to get into stakeholders a little bit cuz it mentioned that they were feeling pressure from stakeholders to enact change who is causing this pressure and how are they doing it
1: i think that's a that's a really good question that you know, the short answer is there's a lot of Pressure out there, right? And that pressure is felt by most organizations. And how you how you internalize that is important. So, the survey results stated that 77% of uh, the executives cited regulators and governments uh, as as increasing uh, pressure, mm-hmm. which is no surprise, since regulatory and political uncertainty uh, was one of the top issues that companies are facing as they talk about um, how they're thinking about this. And it's a a sign, I think, that uh, there's an important role that government needs to play around helping get to that effective change. And then interestingly, 75% of respondents cited board and management. So we've seen this become an increasingly important uh, topic of interest on the board Mm -hmm. agenda. And boards are increasingly expecting organizations they oversee to meet certain climate criteria. And then 75% of the respondents also cited consumers and clients as well. And 65% cited employees. So we actually also conduct um, an annual millennial and Gen Z survey. And that survey consistently shows that These generations care deeply about climate and expect their employers or the organizations they interact with to be environmentally conscious. And in our 2020 millennial survey, for example, a third of respondents said they stopped or lessened business relationships because they perceived companies were doing more harm to the environment. And according to this survey companies are feeling moderate to large degree of pressure to act on climate change from many different stakeholder groups. So, you know, you start to triangulate this and companies that are doing the right thing understand that climate change is an issue that touches all aspects of their businesses um, with implications for procurement, for talent, for the supply chain, for product development, for customer relationships and more. And so, you know, going back to your your closing comment on the on the last question, it really necessitates new processes and a shift in mindset throughout a company's workforce, its suppliers and its customers. And actually, I think the companies that are out ahead, Steve are really starting to think more about the upside associated with action as well as as opposed to strictly seeing it as a cost exercise.
0: Yeah, yeah, it- you know i was gonna ask a little bit later but i think this is a good place to ask this is as we know and as we've said a few times here already climate change is something that has to be addressed it just has to we don't have a choice not to but as far as getting all business leaders to really take it to heart you know there's that mindset shift and we've been talking about that as well where it's it's the need to think long term because this is a 10 to 20 year process overall, right? Uh, Think long-term, but act towards that in the short term. What else do you think can be done from stakeholders of any kind to to help adjust that mindset shift?
1: Your point about thinking long-term is really important because most organizations are faced, in particular public ones, right, are faced with quarterly non-annual pressure, and so the the real opportunity is to have some strategic thinking and a a dialogue within a leadership team around how to shape opportunities, and this is why, and maybe it's a good time to talk a little bit about this, this is why when we look at the question, we sort of tease out what do we think are the needle-moving measures that organizations take, starting to think about it in terms of the products and services that an organization is providing and how you interact with suppliers and business partners to meet certain sustainability criteria. Uh, Thinking about your facilities and updating and or relocating those facilities to make them more resistant to climate impacts. Thinking about how either lobbying, political donations, pro bono work fits in, and then ultimately having senior leader compensation tied to sustainability performance in some way are those five areas that we see as needle moving. And then it pulls in that distant future to present performance. And so when we look at the survey results, for for the survey, only about 19% of the respondents are implementing either four or five of these needle moving measures. And as we see some of these measures getting adopted more widely, that's when I think we'll really start to see some of the change happen um, and pull in that distant future to uh, more immediate day-to-day processes uh, that, organizations follow Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's the key and 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 it goes it goes it's so hand in hand with what you had mentioned with the previous question about looking at it not just as a as a cost center but as an opportunity Um, if you're thinking about this long term if you're thinking about the opportunity this presents even if you have to change some of the ways that that you go about what you do or even some of the actual products or services that you deliver there's a huge opportunity, right? We're, in a way, we need to create a brand new economy. And so what does that mean? It's it's unlimited opportunity. What can business leaders take from this, from what we've talked about today, from the results of the survey?
1: You know, we talked a little bit, Steve, about those needle-moving sustainability actions. Mm-hmm. And what we see from the survey results is that only... That about 35% of organizations had only implemented one mm-hmm. or less than one of these actions. Yeah. And so, you know, I think maybe thing number one to take away is really start to challenge uh, management teams to look at the opportunity. And I think you said it well in your last statement around how to embed the set of objectives into business priorities and strategy and that there's a path to do that there's a lot that we are trying to decode and it's incredibly complex however there are some clear ways to really challenge the status quo that actually help us move in the right direction when it comes to climate change and some of that may signal upside for the business as well. And so I think that's probably uh, the first thing that's a major takeaway. The second thing, um, and then along those lines, Steve, the, the other thing is there are recognized frameworks that help you at the starting point of this journey. So if, if we take a step back, setting appropriate goals is actually really important and assessing progress incredibly important as well. So from calculating your carbon footprint to implementing those reporting processes, there are third parties like the Science-Based Targets Initiative that offer guidance and widely recognized frameworks that organizations can use to set and measure credible climate action. And as I mentioned previously, then you start to think about developing a concrete plan to ensure long-term goals have near-term accountability and then there's an important thing that we really haven't spent much time on today that's that's for leaders to take away from the the surveys that since we're on a journey it's really important to educate senior leaders and their board as well as employees across the organization so there's a a deep need as we move forward to have a more sophisticated understanding of how organizations are affected by and can positively impact climate change. So that's another uh, key takeaway, I think. And the other key takeaway would be approach climate metrics with the same rigor that you apply to any other operating metrics. It's not a side of desk activity. So controls, management, oversight, risk processes applied to climate metrics should parallel those used for other key performance indicators. And then thorough definition and tracking of the most important qualitative and quantitative climate metrics help management understand and communicate the company's performance, risk, opportunities. The other thing that uh, and sort of two more things I would point out, uh, is really driving collaboration. And while traditionally businesses are conditioned to protect intellectual property, climate mitigation necessitates a different approach. Any serious effort to take on climate change requires leaders to influence their ecosystems, to magnify impact beyond their own operations and address climate change at a systems level. And so this includes working with suppliers, with business partners, with clients, with peers, with governments, regulators, non-government organizations to share leading practices and inspire greater commitments. And then we did talk about this final one, which is embedding climate considerations into all aspects of the business. So for many, infusing climate considerations throughout the organization really requires A fundamental business model transformations. And I think I mentioned before that has implications for procurement, for talent, for supply chain, for product development relationships. So really organizations need to think about new processes as well as a shift in mindset throughout a company's workforce, uh, its suppliers and its customers.
0: That was an amazing answer. I had to um, smile to myself as you were chatting there because, uh, you know, what what's one thing that they can learn? And it was, well, they can learn this and they can take away this and this and this and this and this. it's oh, great. I loved it. I really liked your statement there about a need to educate everyone involved from board and management all the way down to the newest, youngest employee. I th- I think you're absolutely right. That's that's such uh, an important Part of all this, to I think, to may probably help get buy-in from everybody. You know, you're not going to get this fundamental shift that we've been talking about if it's only coming from one executive, right? If the company doesn't buy in, it's never going to actually happen, right? Because you can you can make policies, you can set standards, but if people just don't do it because they don't understand it, they don't yet care about it they don't believe in it yet it's never going to happen so that education is huge i'm so glad you brought that up
1: it's incredibly important and you pointed it out sort at the beginning of our conversation uh, i'm i'm a learner here too and there's a lot to learn so the other thing is trying to you know what are the right things and mm-hmm. uh and how do we how do we simplify a bit um what can seem like a very complex and arguably it is complex uh, set of uh issues that organizations need to tackle yeah. um, and sort of boil them down to air, going from that aspiration to action uh how do you make that translation so that organizations can actually you know push forward on the right things
0: yeah yeah so in the study um one more number to to look at real quick was that the sense of optimism had also gone up which is uh, actually to me is almost a little bit ironic because more people are seeing this is dangerous. This needs to be addressed immediately. We're at a tipping point, but yet more of them are feeling optimistic. So my question for you is, how are you feeling? You talk to folks like this all the time. Are you feeling optimistic?
1: I definitely am feeling optimistic. And I guess one of the reasons for that is that I'm really encouraged by the increasing commitments we see from the business community, and in particular, putting in place, you know, bold greenhouse gas emission targets. And the survey results themselves underscore that the momentum is in the right direction. More business leaders are feeling a sense of urgency. And if you think about it, Steve, from just 8 months ago to today that is a pretty significant shift in attitude in the right direction and you know as we talked about we're we're still struggling to go from action to impact but the business community is really well positioned to make rapid progress in the fight against climate change and so the real thing that we got to work on now is and what does cause me concern is how do we hold companies accountable for taking those action and then keeping the commitments and we do need some bold climate policy to hold businesses accountable and accelerate progress so it feels a tremendous sense of optimism but it has to be bolstered with a dose of reality that we're all beholden to you know objectives and sets of objectives internal and external pressure as as well as accountability and so some of those actions will will help us, as I mentioned before, stick that landing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I certainly hope so. I I personally swing, I think pretty wildly between, you know, just abject optimism. We can do this. This is great. Look at this business that's doing that. Look at this government agency that's that's regulating this. And then the other the next day I'll just swing the totally the other direction oh, we're never going to get there. There's too many people who are only looking at quarterly bottom lines and the government's never going to put real actionable policy in place because there's too much squabbling over silly things. And so anything else that we missed? I think you covered
1: a lot in the questions, but uh, I I do think that at the end of the day, as we think about the results of this CXO study, um, you know, the the fact that we've got close to 80% of the CXO survey saying this is a tipping point, Uh, I would end on optimism, Steve, I understand that that wavering back and forth. But um, once once we uh, get to that understanding of the tipping point, and that pressure to produce results relative to commitments, I think we're on our way.
0: Jennifer, thank you for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you, and it's been a pleasure spending this time with you.
0: Jennifer's thoughts on the great need for more education really stuck out to me. In the time since I've had that conversation with Jennifer, I've been learning a lot more about the specifics and nuances of climate change, and it has only reinforced in my mind Jennifer's idea. Climate change is truly the singular issue of our time, and not enough people know the facts or understand the situation enough to cause that critical mass that we need for us to begin the drawdown and get to a real net zero economy quickly. So education in any form that it can possibly take is just foundationally important to turning that tide. I want to thank my editor as always, Angelica Hester for crushing it every day and for of course putting together this episode. Please follow Impact Adventures on Spotify, subscribe on Apple and leave a review. As always, I would love your feedback. I want to know what you like and what you think needs improving. If you know of an impact story that I need to tell, send it my way. We've got a whole year ahead of us, folks. I'm on Instagram at thelamco or tweet me at slimslam. My email is podcast at investmentnews.com. Remember, life is an adventure, so you might as well make an impact.